0: It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime case to lull you to sleep, but this one might actually give you nightmares. The case we're chatting about tonight is said to be the inspiration behind the movie Orphan, which just so happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time. But the real story that has many similarities to the movie is even more horrific than you can imagine. On May 7th, 2007, in a village known as Kurem, which is in the Czech Republic, a man is setting up his baby monitor. It's one of those monitors that has the video in addition to the sound. Now, I have two children of my own, and when they were babies, I was always too afraid to get one of these with the video because I was terrified of what I might see on it. I don't know, maybe a shadowy figure, maybe a ghost, but definitely not what this man was about to see on his. When he turned the video monitor on, he expected it to show him his baby sleeping soundly in their crib. However, what he saw instead shocked and horrified him. On the video screen, he saw a little boy who appeared to be in a crib or cage. He was naked and had his hands tied behind his back. From the corner of the screen, he could see a person's hand reach in between the bars and feed the child something. For whatever reason, his baby monitor was picking up a signal from another monitor in his neighborhood, and it was very clear that whatever was happening on this tiny screen was very wrong. So, he immediately called the police. Once the police arrived, They began going door-to-door to to the houses nearby, asking neighbors if they could look inside of their homes. Every home that they went to agreed to let them search, until they arrived at the home of Clara and Katerina Moreover, who lived just next door. The women initially let the police into the entrance of their home to have a quick peek, but when the police officer asked if they could search the basement, which appeared to be locked from the outside— The women refused. So, the police forcibly broke down the door, and what they found was unbelievable. There were two little boys, Andre, who was 8, and Yakub, 10, who were Clara's young sons, tied up on the basement floor. They were dirty, naked, and lying in their own feces. They had clearly been starved as they were very small for their ages. There were also signs of physical abuse, cigarette burns on their skin, belt marks from being whipped, and other scars from horrific torture, things that we will get into a little further into our story. Police arrested Clara, the mother of the boys, and her sister, Katerina. Little Andre and Yakub were rescued from the terrible conditions of the home, along with a 12-year-old girl that was living in the house who identified herself as Annika, Now, according to Annika, who appeared to be in perfect condition, healthy, and safe, especially when compared to the boys, she was their adopted sister. It was clear that whatever torture was being done to the little boys was not being done to Annika for some reason. But either way, with Clara and Katerina now under arrest for child abuse, she would go with the boys to a new home. It wasn't long living at the new home before Annika fled and very disturbing details began to emerge regarding her true identity. Annika was not a 12-year-old little girl after all. She was in fact a 33-year-old woman named Barbara Sklorova and she had tricked sisters Clara and Katerina into caring for her and manipulated them into doing some seriously disgusting and twisted things. Let's pause here and back it up a bit to how Annika, or rather Barbara, came into the lives of Clara and Katerina, who believed her to be a sick young child and wound up adopting her. Growing up, there were signs that sisters Clara and Katerina may have some mental health issues, including schizophrenia, that caused them to believe things that simply were not true. For example, they would often tell people that they were conceived and put on the earth to fulfill a mission from God. While the women didn't get medical help or treatment that they required, they did continue to try to live fairly normal lives, with Clara even going off to university. This is where she would meet her husband, who was much older than her. And together, they would have their two sons, Yacoub and André. The marriage didn't last very long, though. Clara's husband had a difficult time dealing with her outbursts that were caused by her mental illness. So one day, he walked out on his family, and he never looked back. Which, in itself, is really messed up. He had two little boys that he should have tried to protect— However, he just left them behind with his mentally ill wife. It appears that Clara really tried to be a good mother for the first few years. They had a happy home, full of fun and laughter. The boys were well taken care of. They would celebrate birthdays and enjoy family outings together, and everything seemed to be going well. Then Clara decided to invite her sister, Katerina, to move in with her. After all, she was lonely living by herself and with her boys. Plus, Katerina could help her out with the children. It seemed like it would be a good fit. While Claire was attending university to study pedagogy, which is the study of learning how to teach, she met fellow student Barbara Sklorova, who was 32 years old, and yes, this is the very same Barbara who would pretend to be a child later in our story. Barbara suffered from a condition known as hypopituitarism, which is when you have a short supply of one or more of the pituitary hormones. People who have this condition tend to be a lot smaller and they look a lot younger than they really are and Barbara used this to her advantage. She'd flat out lie about her age and who she was, and even went as far as to have breast reduction surgery and liposuction to become even smaller. On this occasion, Barbara told Clara that she had actually escaped from a juvenile center because she was being abused there. She said she was now homeless and had nowhere to go. Now, it's unclear to me how old Clara thought Barbara was at the time, and because this is an international case in the Czech Republic, it's really difficult to get specific details. I'm not sure if Clara believed her to be 12, which would be odd since they met in university, if she believed she was young, but maybe not that young, or if she knew that Barbara was actually 32 years old. With the details that we'll find out later, it does appear that Clara believed Barbara to be a child, and so she took her into her home with the idea of adopting her. Once Barbara, aka Annika, moved into the home with Clara's two little boys and sister Katarina, really weird things began to happen. Barbara, or Annika, wears thick glasses, and has her brown hair tied up in a ponytail every day. She presents herself as a very sick child, suffering from various diseases like leukemia, kidney failure, and she also says that she's partially blind and deaf. For this reason, she has to visit the hospital multiple times a week, and while it is Clara who has taken her into her home, it's always Katerina who must bring her to the hospital. Clara is told that she is never allowed to accompany her. Instead, Clara would get text messages with further instructions on how to treat Annika for her many health issues. One of the treatments Clara said was texted to her required her to rub Annika's body for hours, and in particular, to spend time rubbing the crotch region, which Clara would do and said after that, Annika was happy. And again, we really need to rely on the fact that Clara has a mental health issue and she was easily convinced of just about anything. Otherwise, this story just sounds insane. But I can assure you, it happened. Clara would never actually get to meet this supposed doctor that was treating Annika or Barbara, however you'd like to refer to her, except for on one occasion, when they met him in a dark, parked car. To prove he was a real doctor, he handed Clara his diplomatic passport along with Annika's supposed medical files. And apparently, this was enough for Clara to go along with the whole story. Where Sister Katarina was actually taking Annika, if not to the hospital, is beyond me. But clearly, the whole illness and the doctor's story was made up. One day, Clara received a text message from this supposed doctor, who told her that Annika had been kidnapped from the hospital. Of course, Clara freaked out, worried for Annika's safety, but all the while, Annika was actually enjoying a holiday in the mountains along with Katerina. All of the messages from this supposed doctor would later be discovered to have come from Katarina's mobile phone, meaning it appears that Katarina was in on this whole scheme the entire time, which is strange that she would help this woman to deceive her own sister, Clara. (laughs) I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factor's no prep, no mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's Chef Crafted Meals that include different nutritional options like calorie smart. Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian-approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Over time, Barbara, or Annika, started to get jealous of Clara's two sons and all of the attention that Clara would give to them. She started to actively try to get the boys in trouble by doing things and then blaming it on them, which in turn would trigger psychotic episodes within Clara, who was already suffering with her mental illness, causing her to really lash out at the children. While all of this is happening... Clara is still going through the process to try to officially adopt Annika. Till this point, she had not actually signed any paperwork. Annika was just living in her home. But the doctor, who we now really believe to be Katerina, sends her a text message and tells her that there's an issue with the adoption. Because of all of the trauma that Annika has gone through in her lifetime, Annika needs to be adopted into a home that is safe and comfortable for her, and this doctor tells Clara that her two sons have been bullying Annika and will need to be cured of their evil ways. The doctor recommends a special therapeutic treatment for the boys. It will be necessary to ensure that Annika is able to be adopted into Clara's home. The treatment included extreme punishment and physical abuse. Actually, a better word for it would be pure torture. And here's where I need to give you a trigger warning. The following details are going to be very disturbing, very graphic, and downright disgusting. The only light at the end of the tunnel here is that somehow, miraculously, these two little boys were able to survive. And they were eventually saved from this hell that they lived in. As we've discussed at the beginning of the story, when footage of their abuse was picked up on that baby monitor. Now, the abuse begins with Clara beating the children with belts and wooden spoons. The boys were removed from their bedrooms and put into cages in the basement. They were stripped naked and they were left asleep in their own feces. They were burnt with cigarettes, they were gagged, and they were bathed only with buckets of cold water that would be poured over them in the cages. Even after receiving such horrific treatment, the supposed doctor didn't believe that the therapy was working, so he said they needed to step things up a notch. In August of 2006, Clara is instructed to take Annika, along with the boys, to an isolated cottage in the middle of the forest. At this cottage, they meet up with several individuals. Clara's sister, Katerina, is there, of course, but they also meet up with three other people, including Annika, aka Barbara's brother, Jan, another guy named Jan, and a woman named Hannah. Hannah. They were all acquaintances, and they were part of a cult known as the Grail Movement, which believed that they were absolved of any crimes they committed. The cult also happened to be led by Annika, a.k.a. Barbara's father. I know this is a very strange and twisted tale with lots of characters, but hopefully you're keeping up with me here. Over the next few days in this cabin, Clara, Katerina, Annika, and the three other individuals committed some of the most egregious acts that I've ever heard of. Again, the boys are put into dog cages. They were hogtied. They were burned. They were basically waterboarded. They had buckets of cold water poured over their heads while their hands were tied behind their backs. Then, They decided to cut the flesh from one of the little boy's bottom, and he was forced to eat it. They also forced his brother to eat parts of the flesh. If they got sick, they were made to eat the vomit. There is also speculation that the women ate pieces of the flesh off the boys as well, but it's not confirmed. And this is likely the most horrific story of child abuse that I have ever heard. They cauterized the wound by burning it, and in order to avoid anyone hearing them scream from pain, their mouths were taped shut. All of this went on for eight grueling days. All the while, Annika pushed Clara to continue the abuse, and the boys somehow endured it. Somehow survived the assault and even the forced cannibalism. It makes me physically ill to think how anyone could do anything like this to another human being, but Clara would later say that she was just following the doctor's instructions. The boys needed to go through all of this torture as part of their therapy so that they could get better and so that she could officially adopt Annika. Now, when they get back home after their nightmare of a stay at this cottage, Clara begins the process of officially adopting Annika. Remember, Annika is a grown woman whose real name is Barbara, but Clara doesn't know this. Of course, this will make the adoption process kind of difficult as the courts require a DNA sample as part of the process, obviously to confirm that the person being adopted is who they really claim to be. Kind of a problem when you're a 32-year-old woman pretending to be a child, but Annika has a plan. This doctor that has been supposedly treating Annika this whole time, the same one who recommended the abuse as therapy, well, he tells Clara that due to her health issues, it would be too risky to take DNA from Annika. And when they go to the court, they tell the judge this, and somehow the judge simply believes what they're saying. I mean, why would they lie? But here's the other crazy part they also hired a stand-in child actor to go to the court proceedings and pretend to be Annika. In fact, Katarina managed to hire the daughter of a famous local actor named Victor Scala. And I'm going to assume that they did this because when looking at Annika's photo, she's not all that convincing. To me, in my opinion, she looks like an adult who is trying to dress like a child. I have to believe that the only reason Clara bought this whole story is because her sister, Katerina, was helping to push the narrative. And maybe perhaps because of her mental illness, that may have helped as well. This whole charade before the courts worked, and Clara was approved to adopt Annika, aka Barbara. Now, at some point after the adoption goes through, Annika decides that she wants Clara all to herself. And it's my belief that Annika was completely obsessed with Clara. Whether due to past trauma or mental illness, she really wanted Clara to be her mother. And so Clara hands her two boys over to her sister, Katerina, while she lives alone with Annika so that she can take care of her full time. And this was probably for the best. At least it would have been a little bit of a relief away from all of the abuse. But it was short-lived. The supposed doctor arranges to have them all—Clara, Katerina, the boys, and Annika— move into a home in Curam. While Annika is given her own bedroom with bright yellow painted walls, the boys are moved into cages in the basement of the home with a door that locks from the outside. And this is where they would remain living for several months until, thankfully, the neighbor discovered what was happening on his baby monitor. And think about it for a minute. This is an absolute miracle that this all came together and happened that Clara had installed her own baby monitor in the basement so that she could keep an eye on her boys while they were locked up, that a neighbor just so happened to install his own baby monitor for his own baby, and that somehow the feeds got mixed up, leading police to discover the nefarious actions that were taking place just next door. If this hadn't all happened the way that it did, Who the hell knows how much more torture the boys would have had to endure or if they would have been killed in the end. So remember, let's circle back to the beginning of our story. The police come to Clara's house. They break down the basement door and they find the two little boys locked up in the basement. They also find Annika who is living upstairs and appears to be in good condition. However, they remove all three from the home and put them into foster care while they charge Clara and her sister Katerina with child abuse. Well, it was at this foster home that things really began to unravel. The police were getting closer to the truth of it all, that 12-year-old Annika was really 32-year-old Barbara, and Annika slash Barbara felt like she was about to be caught, So she fled the foster home, traveling to Oslo in Norway. And it was here that Barbara dropped her act as 12-year-old Annika and instead became a 13-year-old boy named Adam. And it's very clear that she must have had help in fleeing, as well as help in getting this new identity. And it's believed that Barbara's father, the head of the cult known as the Grail Movement, was still helping her in the background. I have no idea what their goal was, if it was just to evade police capture, or what the whole point of pretending to be a child was, but they seem to be active participants in this whole scheme. And it's even said that Barbara was being groomed to become a future deity for followers of this cult – Clara's sister, Katerina, appeared to believe in whatever Barbara and the Grail movement was telling her, which is why she actively participated in deceiving her mentally ill sister, Clara, and really facilitating the abuse of her nephews. Either way, 13-year-old Adam, aka Annika, aka Barbara, shaved his or her head and even enrolled in school. She had everyone around her, including her teachers, absolutely convinced that she was a 13-year-old boy named Adam. As Adam, she attended all of the assigned classes except for gym class. Teachers said that Adam refused to participate in gym and they didn't want to force him. That's likely because it may have become more obvious that Adam was actually a grown woman if forced to participate in physical activity and wear gym clothes. This went on for three months, before the police caught on that Adam was actually Barbara, and they extradited her back to the Czech Republic to face charges. Thriving in their new foster home, Clara's sons began to speak to the police about the horrific abuse that they suffered at the hands of their mother, their aunt Katarina, and Annika, a.k.a. Barbara herself and the three women began to turn on one another almost immediately, blaming each other for what had happened. Clara claimed that it was this doctor who had brainwashed her to torture her sons, that she believed everything that he said about the violent therapy they needed, and so she was just following through with the doctor's orders. When the police looked up the number of the doctor that was texting Clara, it came back to her sister Katerina, meaning Katerina had set her sister up completely, having her abuse her sons and having her take in 32-year-old Barbara as a 12-year-old child needing to be adopted. Barbara told the police that she was completely innocent, that she was being abused by the two sisters, just like the sons. But of course, police did not believe her. She Clearly was an active participant in this sick game. At the trial, the prosecution claimed that Barbara and Katerina worked together as part of the Grail movement cult. They manipulated Clara into adopting Barbara, believing she was a sick 12-year-old child, but all of the doctor's instructions came from Katerina herself. Still, for her actions, Clara was not innocent. She acted on everything that they told her to do, abusing her sons in the most disgusting of ways, including forcing them to eat a small piece of each other's flesh. In the end, all three women were found guilty. Clara received nine years in prison, Katerina received ten years in prison, and Barbara received just five years in prison. This happened back in 2007, meaning all of them are free today, including Barbara, who was able to convince people that she was once a 12-year-old girl and once a 13-year-old boy. And that is the real story that inspired the movie Orphan. And in this case, the truth is much more terrifying than fiction. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, You can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm here on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. If you'd like more ad-free exclusive content, as well as supplemental documents and details on all of the cases that I cover, join my Patreon page at patreon.com serialnapper I also post two additional Patreon-only episodes over on that page every month, so go check it out. Until next time, don't be a dommer, and don't adopt crazy orphans who are actually psychotic, cannibalistic adults. Bye! I'm Dean, I'm the Dad. I'm Laura, I'm the Mom. And I'm Crystalin, I'm the daughter. And together we are Family Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history Folklore True Crime and the Paranormal Minus all the Oogie Bits. We are PG thirteen. I'm almost fifteen now. Don't ruin the commercial! Catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy tales, Sherlock Holmes, and the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad's Man Crush is, or what happens in Krista's Corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!